Okay, Brucham Avon, welcome everyone. We have a very exciting share tonight. Parshas Tazria. The Shurim on Sefer Vayikra are again graciously sponsored by our dear friends, Dr. Zakheim Umeshpachta, Le'ilei Nishmas of Shlema Eliezer Ben Harav Yaakov Zakheim, and Le'ilei Nishmas, Dr. Zakheim's mother, Rivka Bas Tuvya Halevi, their Nisham should have an Aliyah, Began Eden Tehei Menuchasa. Menuchasam. Tonight's share is sponsored by Eliezer Genut from Beitar Elite, as is Chosrufu Shlema and Elizivuk Hagun for Blima Bas Etel Rivka. The Ibanshem should send Rufu Shlema and her Zivuk Hagun for Mamish. Tonight's share is also sponsored by Yedidi, Rav Gedalia Schwartz, Dr. Gedalia Schwartz, in honor of his son Tzvi's Bar Mitzvah this Shabbos. And I want to take the uh, opportunity to thank Rav Gedalia who literally is Moiser Nefesh to be Marvitz Torah 24 hours a day. Anybody who gets the WhatsApps, they get around the clock. Um, you could be uh, get WhatsApps for the Parsha Shirim, for Mishnah Bura, for Arches Chaim of the Rush, for the Shul, what else? Dafa Shavua, and other, a lot of other Gutazachen. And now we're launching the historic program called Mishnabura Daf HaShavua Shaina Halachis. So that's beginning on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the beginning of the year. So if you've never had the opportunity to learn Mishnabura, now's your chance. It's only one blot a week. Baruch Hashem, we, the last cycle we did the Dirshu, and Dirshu is a wonderful program. And if you do that, Tavay Aleichem Bracha. But for many people, uh, I think this will be very meaningful learning. You could uh, do it a little bit more thorough. And Be'ezus Hashem, come out with the uh, idea of the most important areas of halacha. So, on that note, we're going to start today's shir. What does it have to do with Tarshish Tazria? I thought you might ask that question. But not all good questions have answers that we could reveal. Can't reveal everything. But let's begin tonight's shir with a comment of the Ali Shor of Shlema of Alba. The Pasuk tells us in Yirmiya, so says the Lord, contemplate your path and ru'u and see and ask, what is the correct way to go in life? And this, of course, is the basis for Rabbi Yochem and Zakai, who asked his Talmidim. He said, go out and see. Eizahu darach toiva she'yidbak baha'adam. Go out and see what's the good path in life. Which means... You know, it's not like he's talking to these uh, riffraffs and he's saying, hey, you ruffians, you know, do you know what the right path in life is? Go out and check out what's the right path in life. He's talking to Tanoim. A Tano could go to the graveyard and say, no, get up. And the guy would get out of the grave. So that means they're doing pretty well. You know, if you're a Tana, you're, you're doing pretty well. That, that means you probably understand where you need to be in life. And even so, Rabbi Yochem and Zakai said, Hey, my dear student, do you know the right path in life? And therefore, certainly, in 2022, we certainly have to ask ourselves that even though, Baruch Hashem, we're all observant Jews, and we keep Shabbos, and we keep mitzvahs, and we try to learn, we certainly still have to ask ourselves, did we ever contemplate what is the right path in life? What does a Jew look like? And I don't mean what color your, the yarmulke is. It's irrelevant. I don't mean what kind of jacket you wear. Who cares? We're talking about 
the internal of a Jew. What is the mindset of a Jew? What is the perspective of a Jew? And most importantly, what do we learn? What do we learn? And that is the question of Ma Tsuras Ha'adam Ha'amiti V'tsuras Yehudi Amiti. What should a Jew look like in his internal? In other words, what should we study? And Revolba amazingly says there are four principal svarim and areas that a Jew must master as his foundation. Now, you're going to hear this and say, uh, uh-oh, nobody's doing this. Because there's a lot of, you know, ask me, what do you learn? Most people. You know, it's interesting. In the times of the Shulchan Aruch, Balabatim, if, meaning, we're not talking about Rabbeim, Rosh Yeshiva, we're talking about Balabatim. In the times of the Shulchan Aruch, how many hours a day did a Balabas learn? Nine hours a day. So it's like 500 years ago, the regular working person learned nine hours a day. In the times of the Achroinim, maybe 200 years ago, a Balabas only learned three to four hours a day. Now, he said, if only a Rosh Hashiva could learn three to four hours a day. How much time does a regular working per- person learn today? You know, if you can learn an hour, you know, most people would think they're doing pretty good. And now the question is, what do most people learn in that hour? Most people today, if they learn an hour, most people learn Daf Yoimi. They learn Gemara. And actually, if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, in Sven Reish Memba, the Shulchan Aruch says, if you have nine hours a day to learn, you learn three hours of Chumash Navi. You learn three hours of Mishnah and three hours of Gemara. And then the Ramah says, Nah, Rabbi Tam says Gemara includes everything. So you learn nine hours of Gemara. Says Revolba, no, it's incorrect. Lamaisa, a Jew has to master the following four things. Number one, he has to have a wide-ranging knowledge in Shulchan Aruch, Arachayim with the Mishnah for Svardim, I guess Yalkut Yosef. Number two, you have to know Chumash and Rashi, Chumash and the Ramban. Now, number one is, is Archaya, Mishnabura. Because <laughs> you don't know Mishnabura. Okay, I woke up in the morning. Now what? Should I, what should I do now? Should I put my fingers? No, don't put your fingers in your ears. You can't put your fingers in your ears. You're, gonna, you're, you're inserting tum on your ears. You didn't even get out of bed and you're ready. You already did the wrong thing. What do I do now? I go downstairs washing Negevasa. No, am I allowed to even walk Daladamas without washing Negevasa? Now what? I wake up. I'll say brachas. Can I, am I allowed to say brachas? Go to the bathroom. Which hand am I supposed to clean myself with? Which finger should I hold the tissue when I clean myself? I don't know. But I know the sugya in Yevamis and Daf Tzadichas. I know what happens if two brothers who are brothers from their mother and not from the father who if one of them dies, you do chalitza, and then if he wants to marry, kind of, I, that has never happened in the last 500 years. Yeah, but that I know. So, the first thing you got to know is, Shulchan Aruch. Then, I come to Shul. Okay, what do I say? No, Mishra says you can't say Reish's Chachma, you didn't say yet. Then, Shema Mini Who said you should say that? Then, um, no, Asher Yatsar, and then all the kind of, but it doesn't say it in the Siddur. Yeah, you're following the Siddur, you have to follow what, you know, the Shulchan Aruch. 
So you, you haven't even gotten a half hour into the day, you've already, you know, X, 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 50 times. So if you don't know Shulchan Aruch, Arachayim, you, you can't even take one step. So that's number one. Number two, you need to know Chumash with Rashi. And Chumash with Ramban. Chumash with Rashi, you got to know what the Bible says. You know, you got to know who's Abraham, who's Isaac, who's Yaakov Avinu, what did they do, what does the Pasuk mean, how do you understand that? You have to know our history. And, and the Ramban tells you the principles of Emunah Bitachin. I don't think he's saying you have to know every single Ramban, but you have to know the basic Ramban, Zalat Torah. Number three, Avos with Rabbeinu Yoyna. Pirkei Avos with Rabbeinu Yoyna. At least Pirkei Avos with Pirkei Avos with Rabbeinu Yoyna. Because without Pirkei Avos with Rabbeinu Yoyna, then a person doesn't know what Midois are. What's Anava? What's Gaiva? Oh, I know what Gaiva is. Pal, we know what you know what Gaiva is, but do you know what Anava is? What's Kas? What's Kina? What's... I don't know. I never thought about that. I only thought about whether I could dip matzah into my fish on Pesach. That's my main subject that I, I'm busy with. Gebrux. And number four, you need to know them still, Sasharim. So here's a guy. He learns Gemara every day for an hour. Says, now... I don't think Revolba is not saying you should learn Gemara, but it's not one of the four basic things. I assume that means this is like the foundation. Of course, you have to learn uh, Gemara regularly. But this is the foundation, and the number one foundation is Shulchan Aruch with Arachayim. you got to learn Halacha. If you don't learn Halacha, so then basically you're saying, I want, I associate my life with people who claim to be Torah-observant Jews. Not that I'm a Torah-observant Jew, because if you don't actually learn halacha regularly, how could you be a Torah-observant Jew? What do you mean? I went to high school. You went to high school? Do you know Hilchas Tefillah? Did you ever learn Hilchas Pesukah Zimra? Hilchas Berachas Krishma? Hilchas Shemana Esrei? Hilchas Tachnon? Hilchas Brachas? Hilchas... Guy walks out, he's, he's drinking coffee. He walks out of his house. You have to make a new bracha when you walk out of your house. Do you know the halachas of Shinoi Makayim? Huh? What's that? Uh, sukkah, yeah, I sit in the sukkah. Really? You sit in the sukkah? What do you eat in the sukkah? What do you not eat in the sukkah? There, you know, we could go on and on and on. Mitzvah Srichos Kavana. Do you think every time you put on tefillin, I'm a chavin to be in the mitzvah of tefillin? Oh, not really. Well, you for sure need to do that. Before you make Kiddush Friday night, are you mechaven? To be mechaven in the mitzvah of Zachasir Mashab Zakachi. Before you put on tzitzis, are you mechaven to be mechaven in the mitzvah? Before you do any mitzvah, are we mechaven to be mechaven in the mitzvah? This is all part of halacha. Without halacha, it's nearly impossible to fulfill any mitzvah properly. So, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, so he said, this sounds like a commercial for the new pr- launching of Mishnah Bura Dafa Of course it is. What do you think of this? Do you think it's time I'm giving a random share on Tazria about learning halacha? There's always a reason. But that's uh, but this is uh, a good reason. Now let's talk about specifically the Mishnah Bura. They once came to Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky and they said, Rabbi Yaakov, now you say, ah, oh, he learned in Yeshiva Chavetz Chaim. I did learn Yeshiva Chavetz Chaim. That's why all the Marakamas tonight are from 
all the G'dayla Yisrael, who, even though it's interesting, the Mishnah was not always the Sefer. Many G'daylem held to follow the Archa Shulchan, Rav Henkin, even Rav Moshe. But today, in 2022, it seems like the Mishabura has been accepted as the Pesek Acharon in Klal Yisrael. These are not my words. Rav Chaim Kenevsky, as we're about to see, says, whatever Rav Yosef Karo wrote, whatever the Magen Avram wrote, whatever the Mishabura wrote, it's like God told us from the Lushkas Hagazis in the base in the base Hamikdash, it's the final word. Can't go to the right. You can't go to the left. It's a bas komen hashemayim. And uh, Ruchaim Knievsky quotes the Chazanish. So they came to Rabbi Yaakov Kamnetsky. They said, you know, there's this really great sefer out there, but the author, he's uh, he's word happy. He says this idea in ten in a uh, hundred words. You could say it in ten words. And we know the Gros says that every word of Torah you learn. Is a mitzvah So, are you telling me when I learn this sefer, I get a mitzvah for every single word of that sefer? I mean, so the Rav Yaakov said, no. Only if a sefer was written with exactitude and every word is precise, do you get schar for each word. Otherwise, if the author is just you know flowery and verbose, you don't get reward for each word. So they asked Rav Yaakov, what's an example of a sefer where every single word is cheshbind? and accounted for and precise, Rabbi Yaakov says Mishnabur. Mishnabur was the quintessential sefer where each and every word was written precisely. And now we come to Reb Chaim Knievsky in his Hakdama to Shaina Halachis. By the way, if you want to join our uh, shiram, we're going to try 9 a.m. Monday through Thursday. It's going to be on Zoom. It will be recorded on anytime. It will be on all the different venues. Sunday morning, we're going to try to chazer the daf with the Shaina Alach Sarab Chaim Kiyevsky. You could join our WhatsApp. You could, you could get it from the site, rabbidg.com. And on there, you could connect. Uh, Baruch Hashem, we have a, a lot of people who are interested. Okay, so let's talk about a balanced diet. You know, now today, today it's all about the balanced diet. So the guy is 300 pounds overweight, and he says he, he has to lose weight, so he's going to eat only protein. Okay, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nutritionist. I do know that if someone just eats protein, they're probably endangering their life. You don't have any carbohydrates and no sugar at all. It's very dangerous. It's very, it taxes the body. You have to have a balance. Look, if the guy has to, he has to lose weight, he has to lose weight. But you have to have a balanced diet, you know. The pyramid, I don't know if that's still, yeah, it's still basically, you know. Basically, the pyramid, you eat like 500 pieces of cabbage a day, and then after that, you have 40 carrots, and then 400 apples, and like once a year, you could have a little piece of meat, and a piece of sugar once every yoival. When the base HaMikdash stood, you could have a piece of sugar. That's the basic pyramid. But it's the same thing in learning. In learning, you have to have a balanced diet. I only do this. You have to have, you have to, you know to make sure you cover the main spiritual nutrition. So the Mechaber in Simon Reish Vav says that if you have nine hours a day to learn, shlish b'mikra, shlish b'mishlish, shlish b'kamet. A third of Tanakh, a third of Mishnah, and a third of Gemara. Comes the Ramah, the Ramah quotes Rabbeinu Tam, Bavli! Talmud Bavli is Bolom and Akol, Gemara gets you everything. Comes the Shach, and the Shach says there are a lot of Balabatim, they learn Gimel Pei Tav, Gefes. Anybody ever hear of Gefes? 
Gefest is an expression. Gemara, Perish Rashi, Toysus. By the way, the more things change, the more they say the same. Nowadays also. I would say most people, they learn Gefes. Right? Yes, most people. You learn five hours a week. Three, what do you learn? I don't know. Gemara Rashi, Toysus. Gemara Rashi. Gemara Rashi, Schattenstein. You know, we'll make a new, we'll make a new Gemara. Uh, Perish Schattenstein. And then what else? What else do they got going? I don't know. Some other Limur. You know? But most what? Masifta, right. Yeah, Gemara, Art Scroll, Masifta. But says the Shach, that's not correct. You need to learn Poiskim. Like the Rif, the Mordechai, the Rush. He says, when could you learn Gemara? If you have nine hours a day to learn, then go ahead, learn Gemara. Learn Erech and learn Yavamis. But if you only, Nebuch, if you're a Balabas, and you're a working guy, and you only have three to four hours to learn. Can you imagine that? A day. The Chayodim writes that Balabat and Nebuch only have three to four hours a day to learn. And uh, Balabat who learns three to four hours today, they would, they would, he's already be Rabin Shal Kobnei You can't just learn Shas, you have to learn Halacha Lameisa. That's the Psak of the Shach. And the Chavetz Chaim in his Hakdama of the Sefer Mishnah Bura, he says that even though when a person learns, everything is Kadosh, and every 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 element of learning that one learns, you're in the mitzvah raisa of Talmud Torah. But Iker limud haadam tsarach liyos belimud hamevili demaisa. The Iker learning needs to be halacha lemaisa, and therefore Chazal tell us, Oyev Hashem Sharit Tzion Mikol Mishkanos Yaakov. God loves the learning of halacha more than any other subject. God loves the learning of halacha more than any other subject. And provided that a person does it regularly. Therefore, says the Chafetz Chaim, which area of Torah is the most important to learn? Shulchan Aruch Arachayim. Of anything you learn. In other words, the most important question that a person has to ask themselves is, do I learn halacha Arachayim? Right? Because Talmud Torah is the most important mitzvah. And the most important chilek of Torah is halach l'maysa. And the most important chilek of halach l'maysa is shulchan aruch And therefore, the most important question a Jew should ask himself is, do I learn shulchan aruch arachayim? Yes or no? And the answer is going to be yes. So we're good. <laughs> but the Chavetz Chaim says, unfortunately, there are very few people who do that. It's interesting, you know, in the yeshivas, and, and there's a reason for this. In the yeshivas, so they always recommend, besides from learning Gemara, you should learn Ketzai Sachoshan. You should learn an hour of Ketzai a week, which is important because, you know, you need to train yourself to think. You need to hone your mind and uh, harness your mind to be able to think through the uh, Talmudic process, which is really sharpened by learning Ketzai Sachoshan. Ravad Yosef writes that when he was uh, a Koyloman, he couldn't, he couldn't pay the bills. So he used to go learn with a certain Oishar. And the Oishar would say, no, tell me over the Ketzai Sachoshan. So Ravadi would say over Ketzai Sachoshan Baal How many people do you know that know Ketzai Sachoshan Baal How many people do you know that even know Ashrei Baal right? But the Ravadi knew Ketzai Sachoshan Baal Later in life, Ravadi said, Oy vai, I spent time learning Ketzai Sachoshan. 
Why? Instead of learning Sezach I could have learned another Beis Yosef. So in other words, yes, all Torah, now, Avada, you know, Sezach is Kadesh Kadashim, and in no way are we uh, taking away from that. But the point is, there's a certain hierarchy of importance, and if a person's time is limited, I mean, it's very mistaber. Why should a person focus on what's not relevant if one is not expert in what is relevant? So I want to uh, sort of share with you some of the history of the Sefer Mishnah Some of the challenges Chavetz Chaim went through writing the Mishnah And uh, some other important inyanim as we go along. So first we have over here um, from the Chavetz Chaim's son. What was the Chavetz Chaim's Derech Halimud? The, the Chavetz Chaim's Derech Halimud was uh, from the Vilna guy, which is if you come to a subject you want to learn Hilchos Egla Rufa, the Chavetz Chaim would go to the Pasuk in Chumash, and he would learn the Pasuk in Chumash. Then he would learn the Mechelta, the Sifra, and the Sifri. Then he would learn the Targum. Then he would learn Rashi and the Ramban, and then he would learn the Mishnah on the on the. Pasuk, and then the Toisefta, and then the Gemara, and then the Yushalmi. And I remember, his son said, that while we were learning, we were Mechadesh, many, many Chidushim. And then, the Chavetz Chaim would learn all the Rishonim. And he would start by learning the Rif, because he would say the Rif was the Rambam's Gemara. And whatever is not in the rift is always in the Ramam, and the rift and the Ramam have to be learned together because they complement each other. And then he would learn Taisus and the Rush and the French Rishonim and the Smag and the Arzarua and the Ramban and the Rajba and the Ritva and the Ran and the Meiri and the Itur and then the Shiltus and then the Bahag. And what about Pilpul? Chavaz Chaim said there's no time. What about Yeshivish Chakiros? No. Life's too short for that. That was the Chavetz Chaim's opinion. And he says the Iker is to know how to be Mekayim the Torah Lamaisa. And uh, the Chavetz Chaim's son said this is the Derech Halimud of the Vilna Gain. So then the Chavetz Chaim's son said that the Chavetz Chaim began working on Chilek Aleph of Mishnabura and then he got up to Hilchus Messias Kapayim and the Chavetz Chaim said Oivai, you know we're going to see it took the Chavetz Chaim 25 years to write the Mishnah Barah. And when he finished Chelek Aleph, he said, who says I'll live so long to finish my compilation on the whole Mishnah Barah? So he said, i got to go to Hilcha Shabbos. So the Chavetz Chaim skipped to Chelek Gimel. That's why in the first editions of the Chavetz Chaim, the Hilcha Shabbos said Chelek Beis on it. Because he would go to Chelek Aleph, and then he would, uh, Hilcha Shabbos was Chelek Beis. And in 1892, he finished Chelek Hilcha Shabbos. And then he went to Chelek Beis, Hilchas Brachas, and Hilchas Nasias Kapayim. He started Chelek Aleph in the year 1884. Now, Chabetz son wrote, here the Chabetz he's in a groove. He wrote Chelek Aleph, he wrote Chelek Gimel, and he figured, okay, God should give him time. And uh, Hashem sent him a big challenge. The Chavetz Chaim was writing the Sefer Avas Chesed. And he had a son, Avram, who was eight years younger than the older son. 
And this Avram was 18 years old. He was a Goyen Oilam. He said, Dad, I want to go to Volazhen. Chavaz Chaim said, no. Why? I don't know. We don't know. Probably, if it wasn't a good reason, it's unlikely the Chavaz Chaim would have said. <laughs> Chavaz Chaim, by the way, was not a proponent of Lashon Hara, if you didn't know. You know, Chavaz Chaim did not you know that? Chavaz Chaim did not endorse speaking Lashon Hara. So we don't know exactly why the Chavaz Chaim did not let his son go to Volazhin, but his son persisted or persisted or persisted, and the Chavaz Chaim had no choice. He said, you want to go to Volazhin? Go to Volazhin. He went to Volazhin, and it was a bomb. The yeshiva, there was a fire in the yeshiva. The yeshiva closed down. Everyone had to scram and run away and flee. And there weren't enough wagons, and guys, boys jumped onto wagons. And on these wagons, they got post-traumatic, what is that called? What do those football players get? P.S. No? C.T.E. Yeah, what is that? Concussion, what? What a P. When the, the head blows to the head, basically the Chavz Chaim son. Yeah. P.T.S.D. PTSD. He got shooken up and then he came down with a very bad stomach ailment and they told him, don't worry, calm down, go home, lie down, have a hot tea, put lemon in it. You know, all these, uh, whenever somebody, they tell you, put drink hot tea with a lemon and ginger and it cures everything, right? So they, but it's just getting worse and worse and worse and Chafetz Chaim's son fell deathly ill and the Chavetz Chaim had to take him to doctors, and many, many days of the Chavetz Chaim's life were spent trying to get medical attention for his son. And throughout this time, the Chavetz Chaim did not stop uh, delving into Hilcha Shabbos and learning Hilcha Shabbos Be'iyan. And even the Chavetz Chaim's son, who himself was deathly ill, also learned together with the Chavetz Chaim. So this was one of the uh, various challenges that the Chavetz Chaim faced. In the year 1884, Chavetz Chaim published Mishnah Baruch Chelek Aleph. And many people, they publish for him. They say, hey, Mr. Publisher, here's my manuscript, publish it. Chavetz Chaim went down to the publishing house every single day. He made sure every word was written carefully, otherwise he felt it was going to be gazela if he sold the safer and the words were smudged or if it wasn't printed correctly. Chavetz Chaim spent weeks and months sitting on top of the publishers. In 1906, Chavetz Chaim's son said, I moved to Warsaw. And the entrusted me to publish the rest of his Sfarim. And one day, the Chavetz Chaim got a letter from a disgruntled purchaser. Rabbi Yisrael Meir, how, uh, look, my page, Kufnun Vav, is before Kufnun Zayin. It's a Mekach Tos. my money back. Whereupon the Chavetz Chaim penned a letter to his son. He says, my dear son, I can't believe in my whole life I was trying to avoid avak gezel, the dust of stealing. I never thought I would actually steal from someone. And now look what you did to me. You caused me to steal from somebody. I need you immediately to republish Sefer Chafetz Chaim and put in ads in the newspapers that anyone who bought the first Sefer should come for a refund. I can't imagine this was a very profitable publishing run for the Chafetz Chaim republished the book because of flipped pages and put in ads in the newspapers to refund people. Every single book, the Chafetz Chaim went, he hired uh, Mugaim to look through the book to make sure there are no mistakes. 
And the Chafetz Chaim would write in each book, Muga, checked. Who does that? There are Svarim today. The original printings of Chafetz Chaim have the Chafetz Chaim's handwriting in it. Muga, it's like a, it's a collector's item. Chafetz Chaim, many authors, they don't write their name in their Sefer, right? It's Kosov Be'ilam Shmai. Chafetz Chaim insisted to put his name in it. Why? Chafetz Chaim said, so it's a halacha work. If I made a mistake... Then let somebody ask me, and I'll explain to them why I think I'm correct. And if I'm wrong, I'll change it before the second edition. Now, just at this point, I want to share with you a change the Chafetz Chaim made in the Mishnah in the second edition. It's Nagea Hilchos Pesach. I once mentioned it in a Shabbos Agalot Rasha. So if you heard it already, so chazer over something while I'm saying it. But the, uh, you know there's a halacha, now, let's say you take a donut. You know what a donut is? A round thing that's covered in chocolate. It's not one of the major food groups. Remember the pyramid? It's not. It's one of those things you know you eat once in a while. You dip it in milk, yeah? What do you have to do? You must wash natil hasidayim. Right? It's halacha. If you dip a food in one of the seven liquids, you have to wash natil hasidayim. Who says that? The, the, the Torah that the Lord gave to the Jewish people, you know that document that God gave us with 613 mitzvah, halacha. Halacha, that when you eat something dipped in a liquid with your hands, you got to wash your hands. However, the Chavetz, not all the Rishonim say that like that. And that's why some people, perhaps incorrectly, uh, I'm not available. I'm, not, I'm giving this <laughs> um, the But the halacha is you got to wash your hands. What if it's less than a kazayas? If it's less than a kazayas, the Chavetz Chaim says, well, many Rishonim hold that even bread less than a kazayas, you don't have to wash your hands. Now, we don't hold that way, but there are, are such shitos. So if it's not bread, it's just dipped in liquid, you can rely on the paiskin who either say you never have to wash your hands when you dip something dipped in liquid, and yeah, certainly, if, um, and there are those who hold even bread, you don't have to wash your hands less than a kazayas. So less than a kazayas, dipped in liquid, you don't have to wash your hands. And that's the psak of the Chavetz Chaim. And that's what the Chavetz Chaim paskened in, oh, I forget, it's number 18, I think it's Simen Kufnon Ches, it's Sivcha. Comes Chavetz Pesach, and the Chavetz Chaim sees the Shulchan Aruch paskins that karpas, less than a kazayas, you got to wash your hands. In the Bir Halacha and maybe Tafayin Gimel, he says, wait a second, why, do you, why would you have to wash your hands? Many Rishonim hold you don't have to wash your hands something dipped in liquid. And even though we do, but many Rishonim hold you don't have to wash your hands for bread if it's less than a kazayas. So I don't understand the Shulchan Aruch, but clearly Shulchan Aruch is saying you got to wash your hands for something dipped in liquid even if it's less than a kazayas. I, I wrote in Sin Kuf Nun Ches, you don't have to. Chavetz Chaim went back. And he changed it in the second edition, and he said, Batla daiti to the Shulchan Aruch later on in Hafez Pesach. So the Chavetz Chaim did make some revisions in the Mishnah Bura. Let's, uh, we have over here something amazing. The Chavetz Chaim printed a letter in 1923 in Warsaw. By the way, I found today a letter the Chavetz Chaim wrote to his community in Radin um, right before he left to move to Eretz Yisrael. He said goodbye to them. Now, Chavetz Chaim never went. But he was planning on going. Some some mystical thing happened and Chavetz Chaim never went. But we have the letter, the goodbye letter he wrote to his community. So amazing, he says like this. He says, 
First of all, this is also very, very uh, poignant. The Chavetz Chaim was a Yasin. He lost his father at age 15. He had no support. All he had was a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And he said that Hashem should do this chesed with me, that he was mezakeh me to write chiburim that Klal Yisrael learns from. And of all the Chavetz Chaim's writings, the one that he was most proud of was Sefer Mishnah to explain halacha l'maysa. He says, how can I ever repay HaKadosh Baruch What can I give him? Whatever I give him is from what he gave me. You know, it's a very, very uh, poignant um, observation that a very lo- large percentage of the G'dayli Yisrael were Yisoyimim. Gareba. And um, many, many of disproportionate percentage of G'dayli so were Yisoyimim. Darizal. There are many, many G'daylim. Chavetz Chaim says, I don't hold copyright on Mishaburah. Anybody who wants... I give them permission to republish. With the provision that every hundred copies you publish, you must donate four copies to a show. <laughs> now, the Chavetz Chaim only gave permission for Shulchan Aruch, Chavetz Chaim, and Shmir Salashain. And if you publish a thousand, you have to give 40 to a show. And if you publish 10,000, you have to give 400 to shuls. And... Chavetz Chaim says, otherwise you have no rishos to republish, and you have to publish it the way I wrote it. Namely, Shulchan Aruch, Ramah, Berhetev, Shari Tshuva, Mishnah And the Chavetz Chaim says, Beli Shinoi, I wonder if that means you're not allowed to change the Tzuras Hadaf. I wonder if that means if you're not allowed to change the, uh, the, the layout. Nekudos. So they asked the Chavetz Chaim, Rabbi, why do you publish the Mishabur with Shari Tshuva and Berhetev on it? Does anybody still look at the Shari Tshuva and the Berhetev? Everything that's, everything you need to know from Shari Tshuva and Berhetev is in the Mishabur, and whatever's not there, who, are people looking at it? Listen to what the Chavetz Chaim, any, any Yiddish uh, speakers over here? Laima, you ready? The Chavetz Chaim says, V'chi kachi hamida. Azich zolt zu nemen dem ganzen Shulchan Aruch und alamen vertreiben. Very good. That means, should I take the whole Shulchan Aruch to myself and throw everybody else out? In other words, okay, now that I'm here, we don't need them, but now I'm just going to throw them under the bus. Okay. Now, I want to share with you, I think this is a very powerful thought. Halacha does not appeal to a lot of people. Basically, I find there are two kinds. There's some people like halacha, and some people don't. Have, you know, some people are more machshava oriented. They like, you know, the philosophy or the the thought behind something, the meaning of something. But the halacha is, you know, it's technical. Okay, take three steps here, eat less than a kazayis at in this amount of time. The learning of halacha is not as maybe some people don't find it as inspiring, perhaps. Dry, if you know, for no better term. So some people say, you know, I like learning machshava. It's more inspiring. Me. I feel more devekus takadosh baruch when I learn maral or mechta meliyahu or gra 
or Ramchal than when I learned Shulchan Aruch Mishnah Bura. And another thing is, you know, you're supposed to have Simcha when you learn. I have much more Simcha when I learn something more Machshava, more philosophy than when I learn cut and dry halacha. I think those are like the two arguments that people have, you know. A, I don't feel as connected to God. And B, I don't, it's just not as enjoyable. Amazing. How does Shulchan Aruch HaRachayim open up? The Ramah's opening comment, Shulchan Aruch HaRachayim. Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Tamid. Then you see the Arayin. If there were words on it, it would probably say, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Tamid. I place God before me always. And how does the Ramah and Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah is discussing, should you make a Sudan Purim Katan? Should you not make a Sudan Purim Katan? The Ramah says, eh, whether you do or not, v'toiv lev mishtetamid. If you have a good heart, you're always at a party. So the Chida famously says that the Ramah begins and ends Shulchan Aruch with the two Tamidim. Shviz Hashem Legdi, Tamid, v'toiv lev Tamid. I place God before me always, and if you have a good heart, you're always at a party. The two Tamidim. The Tamid shall shachar, the Tamid shall vein harabayim. The Tamid of the morning, the Tamid of the evening. The Tamid of the morning is, place God before you always. The Tamid of the evening is, you're son of a good heart, you're always at a party. Which means, if you fulfill placing God before you always, if God is always in front of you, then you'll always be happy. That's what the Chidah says. Perhaps we could humbly add, there's a very important reason why the bookends of Shulchan Aruch are Shivisi Hashem Lanegdi Tamid V'toiv Leiv Tamid. Because we're talking to a guy, the guy says, ah, I love learning Machshava, Maral, Ramchal, Gra, Shulchan Aruch. I don't feel connected to God. We say, pal, you know what this is? You know what Shulchan Aruch is? Shulchan Aruch is, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Tamid. You want to be connected to the Rebbeinu Shalom. You got to know that when you tie your shoes, the Rebbeinu Shalom has a way to do it. So you could connect to Hashem when you're tying your shoes. You could connect to Hashem when you get dressed. You could connect to Hashem when you drag yourself out of bed. You could connect to Hashem when you eat, when every activity you do. The purpose of halacha is just the opposite. The greatest way to connect to Rebbeinu Shalom, the greatest way of Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Tamid is Shulchan Aruch Yeah, but it doesn't make you happy. No, Adar You know what else halacha does? When a person's every minute activity is governed by the Shulchan Aruch that engenders the greatest simcha. So just the opposite. The Shulchan Aruch itself is addressing the two concerns. People have, ah, I'm not connected to Rebbe Hashem. It doesn't make me happy. Just the opposite. If you want to be really connected to Hashem, in fact, I once heard with my own ears something that I actually still remember. I heard this from Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef. Sheyichya l'shanim he said over from that reason, and I could not find it for many years until yesterday. That you want to be connected, you want to be connected to God, you want to be, you know, Dabak to the Rabbani Shalom. Halacha, that Rizal says, is Oisiyos Hakala. We know Torah Tzivalanu Maisha, Mairasha, Al Tikri Mairasha, Elamairasa. We're supposed to be married to the Torah. The Torah is supposed, we're supposed to, we connect 
we bond, we fuse with Rav Hashem through Torah. What? What type of Torah connects us in the most intimate way with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Halacha, Zoysiyos, Hakala. Yeah, but isn't it nice, to, good enough to be a nice person? You know, Rav Nachman would say, the road to the purgatory is uh, lined with a lot of good intentions. Or he would say, you know, eh, it's good enough to have a Jewish heart. So he say in the purgatory there's a meat locker with hooks, and on the hooks are they slab all the good Jewish hearts on the hooks. Chazonish would say like this. He said, without halacha, there can't even be musr and ethical behavior. So there's a story. A guy has a pizza store on the corner of Broadway and 3rd Avenue. We'll call it Jerusalem 3. Yeah? And right next to it, a guy wants to open up another pizza store. Now, can you open up a competing pizza store right next to the first guy? No, it's Hasagas Gvo. You can't do that. You can't infringe on someone's business. And the one who did it, the community, are they authorized to be antagonistic to him and yell at him and make his life miserable and fight him and hate him? Absolutely. Halacha. Someone who's masigavul, you could be make machlekes with him, you could hate them, you could be moitzi diba on them. It's halacha. The person is infringing on someone else's business publicly then, you know, all bets are off to protect his uh, well-being and, and, uh, and standing in the community. So the guy opened up a competing pizza store. We, we could uh, make things miserable for him. Here's another story. A guy had a yeshiva. He had a successful yeshiva because it was the best show in town. And then a year later, a guy opens up uh, a yeshiva right next door. And he gets nurabeim. And people like the nurabeim better. That's the way it is. And now the first Rebbe, he lost his livelihood. Yeshiva. And now people um, start being antagonistic to this the opening of the new Yeshiva. How dare you take away the livelihood of the first person? He had a, he was muhsuk on it and they really make life miserable for him and they speak Lush and Har about him and they make and they really kill the, the, the competing Yeshiva. And they think they're right. Says the Chazoynish, they would be right if the halacha was like them. But when it comes to Talmud Torah, there's no hasagas gavul. There's no competition. You're allowed to infringe on somebody else because we hold kin asay from tarbechachma. And therefore, what would have been correct had it been a pizza store is now machloikes and aschinam, lashenhara, ritzicha. What do you mean? Is it ethical behavior or is it not? The answer is it only depends on one thing. Halacha! You gotta know about halacha. It's irrelevant whether you, you're a good person, you're not a good person, you're a nice guy, you're not a nice guy. The first step is you need to know what to do. So they asked, um, there are two versions of the story. Version number one is Rav Aaron Cutler once had a conversation with the Basis Royal of Ger. He said, We know, everybody knows, the Chafetz Chaim was a big tzaddik. But he's not known in the same way as a goin. You know, if you ask, what's who's the Chavetz Chaim? People say, oh, Chavetz Chaim was a very righteous man. But he, in terms of his brilliance, people know Shagas Arye, 
He wasn't renowned. That wasn't his uh, most prominent uh, feature. People know him as a righteous person, a tzaddik, not as a goin. So Aaron Cutler said, you know why? Because Ritzoyin Yerev Yasa, God fulfills the will of those uh, who fear him. And the Chafetz Chaim didn't want anyone to know about his goinness, about his brilliance. So he wanted it to be hidden. So God went along with it. And God allowed the Chafetz Chaim to hide his brilliance. But Rabbi Aaron Cutler said, and he said this to the Ger Rebbe, I don't understand why didn't Hashem go along with the Chafetz Chaim? The Chafetz Chaim probably didn't want everyone to know how big of a tzaddik he was. So why didn't Hashem help him out with that? And the Beis Yisrael said, you know, I was also bothered by that. But the Chafetz Chaim, in his great humility, he never considered himself a tzaddik. So therefore, he never had that rotzoin that his righteousness should be hidden because he didn't think he was that righteous. And therefore, uh, if he would have known how righteous he was, he would have, he would have davened, God hide my righteousness, but he, uh, he didn't think he was so righteous. There's another version of the story. Uh, Rav Shalom Shadron would say over that they asked this question to the Briskar Rav. If God hid the Ga'oinus of the Chafetz Chaim, why didn't God hide the Tzidkos of the Chafetz Chaim? And the Briskar Rav said, because the Chafetz Chaim felt he was just following the Shulchan Aruch. He wasn't a Tzaddik. He was just doing what it says in the, in the book of Joshua. In fact, they once asked Rav Pam, Rabbi, is it true that you know the four books of the Shulchan Aruch? Rav Pam said, yeah, it's true. So the Talmidim asked, you know, Rebbe, what happened to humility? You know, the Gemara says, if someone says, do you know Erechin? You're allowed to lie and say, no, I don't know it. So why didn't you lie and say, yeah, I don't know Shulchan Aruch? He said, because you don't know Shulchan Aruch, you're not a Jew. You only want to say, I'm not Jewish? Out of humility? But Shulchan Aruch is, you know, the ABCs. Before, like Rav Volba says, the four things you got to know. You got to know the Mishaburah. You got to know Chumash Rashi Ramban. You got to know Perkei Yavos Rabbeinu Yoyna and Masil Susharim. And number one is Shulchan Aruch, Arachayim. Amazing, the Chafetz Chaim, when he reached 80 years old, he sent out the following letter. He said, please, I can't stand it, you people. You write these letters to me that I'm a goin, I'm a tzaddik. Don't you know what the Yushalmi says, that if you know one Masechta, and they say, oh, you know two Masechtas, you got to say, no, I only know one, I don't know, I don't know two. So I just want you to know, you say about me, I know Shas. I don't even know one Masechta, the Chafetz Chaim says. But even more problematic than a matter of humility is that over the years, people give me money. If they would know how little of Torah I know, how little my Maisim Torah are, they probably wouldn't give me so much. And I'm, I'm afraid that whatever I took was Gezela. Therefore, do me a favor, everyone. Just don't call me these disgusting names like Tzadik and Goin. And the money you gave me, I'll, I'll do you a favor. Whatever you gave me, I'm giving you a chilek in the svarim I printed, so that, you know, we'll call it a day. <laughs> we'll call it a day. But don't, don't think that you gave it to me because I deserve it. No, you gave it to me, and I'm giving you back, commensurate with what you gave, a chilek in the svarim. So bottom line is, um, Baruch Hashem, there's a lot of limudim going on, and they're all wonderful, and they shall be continued. But uh, I think this is something that Tzrichim uh, Chizuk, and uh, we tried the first cycle of doing a page of the day, and La'aniyas Daiti, it's uh, quite quick, it's quite fast. This is a little bit of a slower pace.
gives time for review. We plan on reviewing with Shaina Lachais over the weekend. It's a half a side a page a day. Nine o'clock to like nine ten or nine twelve. You could come on the Zoom. Same same Zoom channel. Nine to nine. If you drive in the car, you could turn it on. Or if you're not, you could turn it on anyway and humor me and you just put your name there and you know, do whatever you gotta do. But um <laughs> and uh, if you want to join the WhatsApp group, you could sign up. You could go to the site, rabbidg.com. We have a few hundred people already on it. And Be'ezus Hashem, through the uh, learning of Halacha, Shvizoicha, Oyev Hashem, Shari Tzioin, Mikol Mishkenois, Yaakov, and Chazal say in the time of the Golos, Yishoytetu Rabim, many people will search for the Dvar Hashem and they won't find it. But in the times of the coming of the Geula, Will be zoicha to have halacha berura umishna berura b'makay mechad. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a wonderful evening. Kol tov.